All right, Johnny, what do you get when you hit seven solo home runs and tie a major league record? Nobody talks well, to me. Well, if you're a fan of the Angels, you get a loss. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Angels and talk about this series. We're also going to ask the question, how do you protect Mike Trout? And we got a great voicemail that we'll share with you, and then John and I will respond. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can share the pod with your friends just by hitting the share button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube and post it to your personal social media page. This will help others to find the show. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online, where the game starts. Welcome to another edition of Lockdown Angels, where it's your team every day, even after a day where they hit seven solo shots and make a new MLB record and still lose the game. We're glad that you're here. Uh, we're still here for you. We are the Frisch Brothers. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. You got the Super Halo Bros here with you after an Angels loss to the A's. I almost said an A's loss, but that's not what happened. Uh, no, it <laughs> you was wanted most, to. It was most certainly an Angels loss, Mike, and uh, man, what a loss that was. Good grief. Yeah, you know, if we set podcast world records and still had no ratings... I think we would be off this show. And so (laughs) you hit seven home runs and they're all solo home runs. That just goes to show the lack of offense on this team Mm -hmm. because we couldn't get anybody on base, at least for one of those Shohei Otani home runs. He had two today. Uh, Adele had one. Suzuki had one. Ward had one. Walsh hit a home run, his first since June, and then your boy, Mickey Moniak, the Moniak, he actually hit his first angel home run and his first angel hit. Yeah. And this tied a major league record, Johnny, and then we lost, right? <laughs> like, it's just just depressing and it's frustrating. And here's the other note. I think that it's really, really important to note that we actually played during the day and our offense kind of sort of came through. So maybe we should just play more day games. However, our pitching was terrible. So I guess we can trade off. I don't know, but it's one of those situations where we don't have any answers. We just have a lot of questions because the angels maybe should have won all three of these games Mm -hmm. because the A's are terrible, right? (laughs) No kidding. Yeah. If uh, if we're going to play more day games, I'm going to put the Cubs hat back on, by the way. That's what I'm going to do over here. But no, (laughs) it's just crazy because there were two runners on or there. No, I'm sorry. There was one runner on in front of Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward hit into a double play. Then Shohei Otani hits a solo shot, which should have been a three run shot and probably would have been the runs that put us over. Actually, it probably would have tied the game. Then Mickey Moniak would have had the go ahead home run. But it just felt like there was a chance and and with them hitting a home run in almost every single inning, it was like, this would be some magic right here. But even that like magic is gone. We have Mickey on our team and the magic is gone, Mike. No, no Disney magic (laughs) for us, man. Yeah. 
I I was really bummed to see Jansen Junk not pitch well. I know. And there were some Angel fans the last time he pitched that said, mm, this feels kind of fluky. We'll mm. see what happens. And the A's figured him out, man. They knocked six runs in and knocked him out in two and one third. And then Tuki Toussaint came in and he seems to have this rhythm of giving up a couple of runs and then striking everybody else out. He had six strikeouts, but he did give up two more runs. And it yeah. was those two runs that put this game out of reach. And I, I, I don't have any more answers for this. It just, it, it feels like a dumpster fire, doesn't it? That was an odd choice because he was scheduled to start in game one of the doubleheader on Saturday against the Mariners and they brought him in in yeah. relief. Um, I'm trying to think, do they not have anybody else left? They brought in Jesse Chavez later on in the game. I mean, it feels like he could have been the one to come in right. in Tukey's spot, but you know, right. that was just seemed like an odd choice. And so he's certainly not going to make that start now on Saturday. But the other thing is, Mike, Junk gets out of the inning if Ramon Laureano, noted angel killer, doesn't hit a double off the third base bag. That third yeah. base bag on the A's payroll, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, that's an easy double play. I think Rojas gets that, and I think they turn two, and that's it. And the damage is done at two runs rather than six, which is what it ended up right. being. And so, honestly, I, it, it just goes to show, it's just more bad luck for this team. Yeah. It just really sums up the season in a nutshell when you can have a record like this hit seven solo shots and still lose this game. Insane. Okay, it's time It's time for some toxic positivity, okay? So let's okay. talk about Mickey Moniak. I love that yeah. he hit a home run. That was awesome to see, and maybe, maybe something's going to start clicking for him. I know that he's going to get a shot in the outfield. And our boy Joe Adele hit a home run. That was awesome to see. And, and maybe they can give him some more time out there as well. We've talked about having him be a consistent left fielder. And they did something yesterday that you and I have talked about that they perhaps wouldn't do. And late in that inning, I think it was the eighth inning or the ninth inning, they moved Taylor Ward to third base. The second John. time they've done that too. And I think that that actually helps the conversation of what if Ward decided to play third, mm -hmm. then we can put Adele in right field mm -hmm. where he seems to be a bit more comfortable. And then we can have Trout in center field. And then maybe perhaps we can have somebody rise up and play left field for us. Right. You know, I know that Rendon is going to come back, but I, I, I thought that that was an interesting move. And maybe perhaps Ward is going to be a utility player where he can bounce around a bit because his his downfall and I use that word in a soft way I don't sure. think he's really fallen apart but his downfall has really been noticeable because he was just untouchable at the beginning of the year oh, yeah. and was a great offensive threat but the Taylor Ward that we've seen lately is the Taylor Ward that we had seen over the last few years and so maybe he's the guy that becomes the fourth outfielder and maybe a utility infielder as we move forward but I think that that move was really interesting and then of course Kurt Suzuki hits a Zook nuke, a Zook nuke. and, and I, that guy has really impressed me this year I've been really frustrated with him in years past but this year he has really performed well in games that he has played in and so congratulations to Kurt getting a home run super exciting to see so there's some toxic positivity for you Johnny <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was going to be a weird game when Kurt Suzuki hits a home run at the beginning of it, right? We had Shohei's right, solo yeah, shot, yeah. and then Suzuki comes in and hits one. You just knew it was going to be an odd game, and that's how these things go. And then it was just up and down and left and right, and the Angels trying to crawl back. And 
I just I can't believe that they they set this record and still lose the game. But there's your Halo season 2023 in a nutshell. And uh, we move on. We head to uh, the Pacific Northwest, the lovely town of Seattle, where we will face the team that we fought uh, on the field last time we saw them. So shouldn't be an interesting weekend whatsoever. Coming up on Locked on Angels, we are asking the question, how do we protect Mike Trout? What do we do with this guy? How do we keep him healthy? John and I have some thoughts, but first, Locked on Angels is brought to you by BlueNile.com. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating a custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece all at prices that you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. And then when you jump online, they have simple tools that'll help you to choose the diamond shape and size and clarity, as well as the setting. And then Blue Nile's bench jewelers will handcraft her perfect engagement ring. And each ring is one of a kind, no copycats, no same thing for everybody. They create the ring just the way you like it. And if it's not perfect, no problem. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Make those special moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on right now is their anniversary sale. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, it ships free, and arrives in a package that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. We got to talk about uh, Mike Trout. We did get the news that he was starting to do some rotational exercises before he gets back into the batting cages again. And so we need to make sure that he's healthy next season because we cannot yeah. have another season where his he's in trouble and he's hurt and he's having a bad time. So what can we do to protect Mike Trout? What are your thoughts? Something we've talked about often and other Angel fans have talked about as well is move him to left field because Mm. there's less ground to cover. Mm -hmm. He's not running too much. And let's just be honest, that left field corner has been so much trouble for Brandon Marsh and for Joe Adele. And it seems like Mike Trout has great routes and he's somebody that can read where the ball is going to go sooner than anybody else. He's (laughs) been there before. So we got the Trout farm, baby. Heck yeah. Johnny, does this help his back? Do you think that this could actually be a good move, getting him out of center field or getting him out of center field and then moving him to left field? I think it's a good move if you're uh, worried about taking care of his calf like we did last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it, He does cover less ground in left field, but if he's going to have to lay out or make a diving catch, I think that that still will impact his back. back I almost said bat. His back in a way. <laughs> it uh, will affect his back. <laughs> yeah, it will affect his back too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, I mean, if you're going to have him play a softer position, quote unquote, I think left field is the way to go because yeah, you're not putting as much strain or movement on your body out there. But how about this, Mike? How about if Mike Trout, who will be age 31 uh, next season, yeah, he takes a day off once a week. Hmm. What do you think about that? I think that this actually could be beneficial because fans would love to see him stay healthy. But yeah. I know that 
a lot of people have been frustrated with Trout's time off. Yeah. Especially when you compare him to somebody like Shohei Otani, who said, I can't miss a game because the team really needs me, right? And yeah. had this forearm strain and then comes out the next day and hits two home runs against the arm. <laughs> But the, but the okay, thing about that right? is, I understand people understand that Shohei's a gamer, but like we saw Trout play through this injury and he yeah. stunk. Like he couldn't catch up yeah. to the fastball. He was struggling. I mean, I know the whole team was struggling, but honestly, like the scale of injury is much different. And, yep. and I think that's what fans need to understand. I understand Shohei's a gamer and that he's in there every day and he can foul a ball off his thigh and steal, st- still steal second base. Easy for me to say. Right. Uh, but but the, the issue here is that this back thing is affecting his entire game and perhaps everything you know, he does. Yeah, it's everything yeah. he does. And not to say that, you know, you're you need your legs if you're Shohei, obviously. But uh, and I'm not trying to say he's less hurt, but it's just this back thing is like core to everything that you do and and Shohei's toughing it out but but with Mike like we saw him play through this injury and his bat was terrible his bat speed right. was slow he couldn't catch up to the fastball he was striking out all the time so it's like do we want that in the lineup or do we want this guy to take some time off and get healthy and then come back yeah. to the lineup so yeah. I think I think the trade-off here is he's over 30 years old you give him a scheduled day off whether you know it's it's uh, a Thursday before a getaway or Usually there is a scheduled day off there somewhere if they're if they're flying to another state or something like that. But all that to say, I think getting him off his feet once a week, I don't think it's a bad idea. I'd rather take yeah. I'd rather take six out of seven days with Trout than to miss what's it been now thirty days without Mike Trout. Well, and he hasn't played a full season since 2016. The most yeah. games he's played is uh, 140, and and. That's since 2016. That was in 2016. And so I I just think that there has to be some sort of plan in place. And if there is a plan in place, like you mentioned, giving him one day off per week or per series or something like that, then I think another way that we can protect Mike Trout is let's get some more depth, John. Yeah. And I think the reason why we are really frustrated with his absence is that his replacements are not suitable. They're not right. good. And we we have people that just are terrible. We had Juan Labarfus that we really struggled <laughs> with when he was in the lineup, right? And so what do you, what do you think about? I'm just going to throw out a couple of names. Okay. What do you think about somebody like Michael Brantley hmm. or somebody like who just got DFA'd uh, somebody like Jackie Bradley Jr. What do you think about them being that fourth outfielder that could step in when somebody needs a break? I like Brantley because even though he's older, man, his, his at-bats are always solid. And that guy yeah. is just a consummate professional. I'd be worried about his health, actually, if he yes. were to be an outfielder on our team. And I don't know. I think that they might be tempted to start him over somebody like a Joe Adele and possibly even yeah. like a Taylor Ward if he yeah. was on the team. Ja- JBJ, Jackie Bradley Jr., that's an interesting one. I mean, he's he's had his ups and down years, and I'm surprised to hear that he was – you said he was DFA'd? Really? He was DFA'd. He's having a terrible season. His last two oh, years wow. really have been terrible. He hasn't really been great for, I think, when I looked at the stats, it was about three years ago, 2019, when he was really, really good. But his average was low. His home runs were up. But this year he's hitting just – 219. I think he had a home run or three home runs. I mean, it was really, really bad for somebody yeah. like Jackie Bradley Jr. Wow, that's surprising. Look, I, you know what? I think I would like to see somebody like an Andrew Benatendi on the team mm. next season. Perhaps he is the third outfielder, and then the, some combination of Ward and Adele taking that other spot when uh, you know you have Trout in one place and. 
you have Ben Attendee in another and then Joe Adele or Taylor Ward. So that way, if you are missing Mike Trout in the outfield, you can still have his uh, his replacement, so to speak, in Ben Attendee still be a productive part of the lineup. And I also think that if you can get Trout off of his feet by DHing more, uh, that's also a possibility. I know Shohei has that role locked up, but you and I have said, Mike, like, Sometimes I think Shohei, like he's a gamer and he wants to be in there every day because he wants the team to win and we usually don't win without him. Yeah. Uh, but I think that we just need to be careful with how much we are pushing him because his health is also very, very important. Yeah. Here's here's the last, I think, emergency option. Emergency? Pre- <laughs> emergency. Yeah. Not emergency, just emergency. Emergency. Um, if, if we were to trade Otani... We could protect Mike Trout by having him DH more, but I would actually say that that one's a ridiculous option. <laughs> we don't want to trade him now. If next year we're losing and it's the trade deadline, I think the Angels should offload Otani if they haven't locked him in. But I think that we can throw that one out at least until the trade deadline sure. next year because we don't want anybody else DHing except for Shohei Otani. But on the days that he's off, maybe that's what Trout could do. He could yeah. actually be the DH. Seems Again, like they were doing that at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Too. What's hard though is it is a back injury, right? You mentioned yeah. that, and so he's still using his back as he's DHing. He's still swinging as he's DHing. So those are some options I think that we as Angel fans can consider and maybe Angel management can consider so that they can protect Michael Trout. You forgot the last option, Mike. Oh yeah, what's the last one? Bubble wrap. Hey, Locked On Angels is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news at BetOnline, and it's your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And they're the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events like MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and actions. BetOnline is where the game starts. One of my favorite things we get to do here at Lockdown Angels is take comments and questions and voicemails from our listeners. And I'm going to put that number up on the screen because it is going to be a Mailbag Monday coming up. So I want to make sure you guys get the voicemail here at 714-409-6396. And of course, that phone number is in the episode description. And every now and then we get a voicemail that's worth uh, taking off of Monday Mailbag and and getting it on the show because it brings up an interesting conversation. So I'm going to play one right now for you. Hey guys, this is Ken from Pasadena. And first of all, I've just, I've just been thinking the past couple of weeks that it's really ironic that the worst team on the West Coast has the best podcast. So that's uh, kind of an irony. But got a couple of questions for you. Let's see what you guys think. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm sad to see Brandon Marsh go, but it raises kind of, raises two questions for me. First of all, you got Dave Dombrowski, who can diagnose Marsh's, um, swing from long distance. And then not related to that directly, you've got, um, Buddy Carlisle, who can fix, uh, Reed Detmer's pitches with one video session. So the question I've got is, what the hell is Perry waiting for with regard to Taking the coaches that are at the, at the, on the major league club and throwing them on the dumpster fire that the Angels have become this year. And the second question I have related to the 
Brandon Marsh trade. Whatever happened to Chad Wallach? He came up for a couple of times early in the season, and he seemed like a pretty decent catcher, and heard nothing about him since then. Those are my questions for you this week. Thanks. Ken from Pasadena, thank you so for your good. voicemail. I appreciate yeah. that. Hey, Mike, get that. Best podcast, worst team. How about that? <laughs> Can I, I put that on our banner that, up here? <laughs> that would be great. Ken, you're brilliant. We appreciate the affirmation and the high five and some great questions, John. And I, I think you and I have really wrestled through, like, how come? Other teams can go, you know what it is? It's You're, you're dipping your elbow, or you know what right. it is? You're, you're swinging, your hips are too far out in front. Right. But our guys are like, yeah, maybe try some big league chew. Maybe that, that ought to help when you're up at the, <laughs> throw, at the plate. Throw a slider. <laughs> throw a slider. <laughs> Matt, right? Matt Wise will come out and visit with you, and then you immediately give up a two-run home run. Not like that maybe, happened yesterday. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the problem is that when Matt Wise covers his mouth, so nobody knows what he is actually, can't read his lips, maybe he's just covering what he's actually saying it's too quiet maybe it's that's too, what's happening he's, he's, he's not talker. able to he's a low talker right he's got to get him real close listen I, I love i love this voicemail and i love the thoughts i i think when it comes to evaluating our players it starts at the top and yeah. and for perry getting the right guys around our guys is something that you see him starting to do and i i really think for this team it, it has to be manager first. And mm-hmm. this is why I've been a big advocate of Darren Erstad. I think Darren Erstad would be a great manager for this team. He was the Nebraska Cornhusker manager, and I think that he could be somebody that could really help the Angels to get focused. He's mm-hmm. got street cred because he played. He's got a World Series ring. I think the players would really respect him. But I think that we need to actually blow up the entire coaching staff because something that we've talked about, Jeff Fletcher even mentioned when he was on this pod, is that when the guys reach the major leagues, they are who they are, yes. right? You're not going to get really that much better. You're just going to start figuring out your tools. And Mm -hmm. what you need a coach for is to watch you and say, hey, you might want to, or maybe you should, or perhaps you have to, right? It's what Mark Gubaza does from the broadcast booth, right? (laughs) He's watching on a monitor telling you what (laughs) Patrick Sandoval is doing. Oh, he's, uh, you know, the bottom half is not equal with the top half. He's not delivering the baseball, you know, evenly distributed throughout his body. I'm making that up as I go, but that's something. I feel like I'm paraphrasing Gooby there. But even (laughs) even Gooby can identify it. You you listen to Mark Langston on the radio, and he knows what's going on with these guys. So it's just beyond me how these coaches, like you said, they get to the majors and they are who they are. But somebody should have identified the fact that Reed Detmers was having trouble with his slider, and all they had to do was do a side-by-side video. Gosh, you see, you see, pitching ninja do that on Twitter. Yep. He'll say, yep. "Hey, look at this pitch, and then this pitch, and look at the difference." And you see yep. the Bally Sports broadcast team do that as well when they say, "Hey, look at the improvement so and so is making on the mound." Yep. Listen, when we first started on Locked On, we did a new show, and we were new to this, but we had a previous podcast that mm-hmm. Locked On had heard, right? And then when we started, we started to do our thing and then there was a producer that reached out to us and said hey great job work on these things yeah right so they knew that we love talking about the angels they just gave us some direction same Mm -hmm. thing works for baseball players you can hit you can pitch 
you can play defense, work on these things. Yeah. And it feels like, it seems like, that that is just being completely missed in the Angel organization. So it starts at the top. Let's get some good scouts. Let's get some good people who with, with some good, let's throw out the VHS and let's go digital, right? <laughs> and and let's get a good manager and, and a good pitching coach. And I think Darren Erstad would be somebody that they should consider. And I even think, I would hate to lose him in the booth, but somebody like a Langston or a Gooby no needs to be interviewed for that for that pitching that pitching spot for 2023. So I think it starts with those guys to answer Ken's question. Well, and the other part of Ken's question is why hasn't Perry done anything yet? I think it's a matter of this. I think that when the time comes, he's going to find the right manager for this team, and then he's going to go from there and build out the coaching staff and ask that manager, hey, who's a guy you want for hitting coach? Who's a guy you want for pitching coach? I also think the other part of that question, Ken, is having to do with the fact that he let Joe Madden go. And then I think, I don't know if the optics would be great if Perry decided to fire more coaches, right? It it looks very cutthroat. Now, all of us, of course, are calling for the heads of Matt Wise. Do it! Do it now! (laughs) Right? But I I think from uh, the perspective of like, Perry Manassian is new to the organization. This will be yeah. the end of his second year at the end of the season. Yeah. I think I think that he's just trying not to be cutthroat. And we've seen yeah. him be cutthroat. He has with, to work with these guys. We don't have to work with right. them at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> you make a mistake and uh, they're afraid to go to Perry's office, right? They're <laughs> right. right. It's like he's got yeah. that button that uh, Dr. Evil has where they fall through the floor and into the fire. <laughs> That's what Perry's got. But I think... I, honestly, I think he wants to avoid that. I yeah. I think that he just doesn't want to cause any more disruptions than there already are with this organization between the stadium sale and the mayor of Anaheim and all this stuff and sure. the sure. past stuff, the the trial stuff that we just had in the off season about Tyler Skaggs. Like when it comes to the business side and the coaching side, I think I really think Perry wants to avoid more drama, and I think he knows where he wants to go in twenty twenty three, and I don't think that these guys are part of that plan (laughs) moving forward. It does feel like Perry is building something, setting the table for Mm -hmm. something, right? If we're in the same position next year, then... I mean, let's let's get angry and let's go after everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I think that what Perry is doing is slowly rebuilding this team and his mm-hmm. image. Like he's slowly it's being getting built, the right built people. up from the ground up in the minors. I mean, look yep. how good the trash pandas are doing. I mean, those yep. are there's there are guys, analytical guys, office guys, all kinds of coaches that Perry's brought into this system and this organization. I think the last thing that he has touched is the major league system or the major league team because it was Joe Madden's team. It was Billy Epler's coaches. It's all that stuff. And I understand, you know, Mickey Calloway was part of the team and then he got let go because of the nonsense that he did. And so uh, Matt Wise had to step in. But I think Matt Wise was kind of in over his head as a pitching coach. And, and I think he's just not quite experienced enough. He's got 10 years of coaching experience in the minors, yeah. but he wasn't ready for the major league team. And you and I thought he would be good for this team because he's worked with Suarez and Sandoval and Berea and those guys, but it just hasn't really paid off, to be honest. But the other, To answer the other question about Chad Wallach, I think, again, it's another issue of, you know, he's not going to cut Kurt Suzuki, he's not going to cut Max Stassi. I think Wallach 
is a great hitter and a great catcher. And of course, he caught the no-hitter for Reed Detmers. He's somebody that I think will be back again, especially next year. If uh, if Logan Ohapi is not up with the team and it's some combination of him and Max Stassi, if they want to give a little bit of buffer time for Ohapi to develop a bit more, then I think Wallach and Stassi would be a great combination next season. But what do you think? I agree. I think that that's probably what we're going to see happen at the beginning of next year and then maybe perhaps around May or June we'll see Logan Ohapi, depending on how he's doing in the minor leagues, mm-hmm. we'll see Logan up with the major league club, similar to maybe what we saw with the Orioles and, and Adley Rush, Rushman. Was that his mm-hmm. name? Uh, mm-hmm. He came up and and he came up later, but then he's been kind of a fire starter for the Orioles. They started winning once he came up to the major leagues. And I think we'll probably see something similar, but I do believe that they're going to want to give Ohapi more at bats and more opportunities in the major leagues. So if Stassi starts off and does incredible, then I think his, his, uh, promotion to the major leagues, Ohapi, will actually be delayed because they don't want to have him come up and just sit on the sit on the bench. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. For your second listen, of course, you got to check out the Lockdown MLB podcast with our friend Sully. His name is Paul Francis Sullivan. He brings his humor, passion, and unique perspective on every single team, the biggest stories around the league, and much, much more. So follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, you can follow Mike and I at Locked on Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. And you're going to want to do that because, Mike... Monday is Mailbag Monday. So yes, sir. we want to know what you're curious about. Who are you watching this weekend? Is there a player you want to know about? Send us all of your questions. Send us all of your thoughts. You can even send us a voicemail. Call us right now, 714-409-6396. And you can call us anytime. You don't have to wait till Mailbag Monday. You can call us anytime. Leave a voicemail. 24/7. It's available 24-7. We are here for you. Mailbag Monday on Monday on Locked on Angels. We know you guys have lots of thoughts and questions and comments. Keep it PG, please, so we can put you on the air. <laughs> yes. And uh, But other than that, we're looking forward to addressing all your questions and comments on Monday. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Have yourselves a great weekend, and uh, stay out of trouble with Mariners fans if you're up in the uh, Pacific Northwest rooting <laughs> for the Angels. And we will see you back here on Monday.